Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. At these family dinners, dysfunction is served. I can't have you all messing things up my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Dinner next Friday, everyone. Wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie. A digital game of Catan probably takes maybe 35, 40 minutes. So it's such a good game. Where, hold on. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I've, the shortest game of Catan I've ever played is 90 minutes. How do you play Catan in it, 40 it, minutes? Catan University, it does everything for you. So you don't have to worry about people sort of moving their own pieces. The trading system oh. is like, it's expedited in such a crazy way. Everyone's got their thing. Hello, buenos dias, bonjour, konnichiwa, aloha, shishi, shalom, salam, guten tag, and whatever other greeting there is that I did not say for you, just know that my heart is out for you. I am David Magadoff, and I'm here with my most amazing, most wonderful co-host, Claire Kramer. Hello, Claire. Hi, David. How are you? Happy Fanatics Day. Happy Fanatics Day. It's the best day of the week, these Fanatic Days, don't you think? Every Thursday, you and me. Every Thursday. Thursday is my favorite day of the week because... It's basically it's not Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Friday. <laughs> so by process of elimination. No, it, I like Thursdays because you flowed through three days of tough work. You you are in anticipation of the Friday, which is never enough time to get what you need to get done. So you kind of like, you know, halfway through the day, you're like, whatever. Uh, and Thursday seems to be a good time to like catch up on you know, shows, content, and connect with friends. So what better day than Thursday to listen to Fanatics? You taste the weekend on Thursday. It's There's like thirsty a droplet Thursday. Of, yeah, yes. it's like a little bit of, a, it's like the, it's it's a bit of a margarita of the weekend or the weekdays, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. the best weekday is Thursday. It's the best weekday. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And today we get to talk to Mr. Ray Fisher, who's currently Cyborg in Justice League. And we're not going to talk about True Detective. And we're not going to talk about Justice League. We're not even going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, which is 900 hours long and wonderful, by the way. <laughs> we're going to talk about his love of strategic board games. Thank you very much. And it's pretty cool because he really loves board games. 240 minutes that Zack Snyder cut is. Oh, 240. wow. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, it's about uh, how long it takes to play a typical board game. Right. I mean, in my house, definitely. But I love Ray. He's He is like one of the nicest guys that I had the privilege of interviewing him a couple times. And I think the first time I met him was in San Antonio at a convention, Celebrity Fan Fest. And, you know, I have this thing about people and their names. And his name is Ray. When I think of Ray, I think of like a ray of sunshine. And he was just this lovely, like friendly, personable guy, you know, who just was so generous and giving to his fans. And he was exactly that way 
equally treated everyone equally as nice and just just a really nice guy. So Ray of Sunshine Ray Fisher will be joining us today. And guys, I'm going to be honest. He's a really nice guy. Claire was right. <laughs> so just get ready for like a really sweet guy. Unfortunately, this isn't a video podcast yet. But as I will mention in the podcast, he's very handsome. Uh, I'm a happily married man to a beautiful woman. But listen, if he wanted to pick me up in his arms, I wouldn't say no. Just being honest. You know, on that note, let's just get into it. Here we go. Please welcome to the show, the incredible Ray Fisher. Hi, Ray. Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I am so excited for you to come on because I have spoken to you at length before about various, you know, points in your career. And today we are talking about another passion of mine, not just movies you've been in and shows you've been on, but we are talking about what you're fanatical about, which is board games, trading card games, strategic board strategic games, board games all things games. Yes. I'm just glad that we finally have someone more handsome than me onto this podcast. So it took a while, but this is a handsome man. Uh, why is such a handsome man get into board games? Like, when did that start for you? Usually it's us little geekazoids that uh, are into it, you know? So where, where did that begin? I think it all started kind of with video games, to be honest with you. I, it was an interesting sort of gateway gaming situation that got me into the board game side of things. Uh, I was never a big fan of Monopoly, you know, Clue, I'm okay at. But when I started delving into things that involved a little bit more strategy, you know, things that involved quirkier rules and different, you know, different characters you could be, uh, that's when it really started to like catch my imagination in the same way uh, that certain video games did. I'm terrible at chess. I mean, terrible at the most famous strategic board game of all time. But when it comes to things that have a little bit more pop culture reference, monsters, magic, that kind of thing, I'm all for it. Okay, we're going to revisit the chess thing later because I have a th I have a theory for you. But okay, started with video games, it has evolved into, you know, tabletop gaming, Cosmic Encounters. Let yeah. that, I know that's one of your favorites. So, what is it about that and that's one where you overtake different territories, right? Similar to Catan or Risk. So, what is it that appeals to you about that type of a strategy in a game? Uh, for that kind of game, there's a certain meta game that's built into it, right? You have all these different races of aliens that have all these unique powers, and no one game will be similar to another game that you've played, unless you just so happen to get the same sort of alien faction that you had last time, or so on and so forth. But they've, they've expanded this thing now to where they have like hundreds of different alien races for people to be able to choose from, right? And it, most of it is random. And, you know, certain powers just trump other powers in really crazy ways that you never really expect until you see what everybody has. So uh, there's a bit of that uncertainty for uh, with it. There's a bit of strategy. And for that one, there is collaboration because, you know, as you're invading people's territories, you have to enlist the help of other people or, you know, stop the wrath of other folks from coming to your planet. How much is a board game just an excuse to just talk with other people <laughs> for you? Is that a big part of it? I mean, I think that's got a lot to do with it. There's a very sort of communal aspect to it, right? But also there is a competitive aspect to it as well. Like, you know, my friends and I uh, in New York, we'd get together back when you could get together in a group setting and sit down and play these games. And it'd be like the best of times and it'd be the worst of times, depending on what the attitude was that entered the room, you know? Did you ever make someone cry? 
Cry? No, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe it was like silent tears. But uh, <laughs> are you talking about yourself? I mean, there were definitely some really, space. really heated uh, sessions of board game playing, right? Uh, and it gets to the point where you have to like hug it out at the end of the night sometimes, where you're like, "Hey, listen, just you know, I, I, I'm not holding any anything in my heart right now. This is it was just a game." And a hundred percent, like I, I have that experience a lot of times, especially with I've been really into playing. I mentioned Risk with my kids, who are you know six, eight, ten, and twelve. So it, it's a teaching mechanism for them. And there are times where I'm like, we had a we had an alliance. Why did you break the you know, I'm yelling at my like seven or nine year old and I have to be like, okay, check yourself, Kramer, back off. <laughs> it's okay. But it does happen. So okay, let's just go back for one minute with cosmic encounters. A can you just give a quick overview for someone who may not be familiar with the game? And then B Tell me about the length of a typical game and the phases during that period of time. Uh, so just a brief overview. You're playing as a race of alien, right? And there are, you know, five other players. I think it, it can expand to like six or eight now, but there's five other players. They're also playing as their own separate faction of alien. Now, what you want to do is you want to land on five different planets of any of the opponents, right? If you're able to expand and colonize five planets in their system, you essentially win the game. Now you can do this with the help of others. You can both attack a planet and both gain the, the benefit of, of, of receiving that planet. But by the same token, a person who's defending their planet can enlist the help of the others at the table to help defend. So that's about the long and short of it. The alien powers and the cards you draw end up creating a wacky and sort of a less strategic way of going about things, which uh, which I find to be pretty fun. But there's it's that collaborative effort, that collaborative sort of uh, that negotiation tactic that comes into play that mm. really makes or breaks the difference between the games. The, the normal length of the game is probably, I, I can't even tell you what the normal length is because our games usually run pretty long. There's a lot of trash talk. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of you know <laughs> diplomacy that we're uh, trying to use with getting people to help one another or dissuade them from helping other people. I would say a normal game would probably take 40 minutes or so, a uh, five-player game, 40 to, okay. 40 to 50 minutes. That's short. If you're playing, you know, and just playing, there's going to be a lot that goes on that will lengthen that, that, uh, that will increase that amount of time. But the phases of the game, you know, you pick a card, you see who you're fighting randomly, right? It's a random sort of deal. You don't get to just... Is it a dice roll fight? Then? It's no dice rolling. It's cards oh. and your okay. alien power. So you have, okay. a, you have a set of cards in your hand, right? And certain cards are attack cards. Certain cards are negotiate cards. Certain cards are power cards. And uh, you keep those very close to your vest. You don't show anybody those cards. Ultimately, okay. what you do is you send a certain number of your ships into an enemy's territory. Like it'll be four ships of mine versus four ships of theirs. And then those cards you have in your hand will increase the value of what your ships are to be able to win that win that battle. And oh so, yeah, uh, you could you may think, hey, listen, I've got a special alien power that makes each of my ships count as four ships instead of just the one ship. But then somebody throws out that attack 50 card, which is almost unbeatable, and you're done, right? So uh, there's it's a like lot a of... It's like a mashup of like Uno, Canasta, and like... I don't know, the, you know, Star Wars. Star Wars. It sounds amazing. I'm dying to play. What is the longest game? You said 40 minutes is a typical length. I've had sometimes when I'm playing tabletop games, they go like three, four days, especially over like, a, you know, a spring break or winter break where there's, yeah. you know, you're supposed to be chilling and relaxing. What is the longest game either of 
Cosmic Encounters or another game that you've had last? Undoubtedly, it is uh, Twilight Imperium. I don't know if okay. you've played Twilight Imperium or if, you, if you've ever heard of Twilight Imperium. I've played it twice and I will probably never play it again. It takes okay. so long to play. <laughs> Um, and it's those it, like half a day. And I mean, a couple days, depending on how much time you have the first time we played. And I don't even think we had the rules down pat for ourselves. It took about 14, 15 hours to finish that first, that first time. The second time we played, not only did we need a refresher on the rules, uh, but we were staying at a friend's house. Right. And, you know, we planned on having a board game weekend. It took us about like 18 hours or so to complete this game. It's a longevity situation. And the more people you have, the longer the game goes on. And it's one of those yeah. ones where it has the different phases where it's it's not simply a game of just attacking and, you know, being the last person standing. It's accomplishing certain objectives and, you know, trying to figure out what your opponent's going for. But you can't really because, you know, they have special powers that you don't know about and certain things that you, you know, you can't really see on the table. So it's it, it's too hard for me to track that kind of game. It's really expansive. But if you're in the tabletop games and you want something that you can play over a longer period of time, that's definitely the one. Did they give you like a bachelor's degree at the end of it if you <laughs> complete the game? <laughs> I mean, the fact that we walked out and everyone was still like alive in the room by the time we got finished the game <laughs> is a pretty good testament. Uh, I've got some pretty good stamina when it comes to playing board games, but once I'm gone mentally, it's so hard for me to come back, you know? I totally agree with you there. Like when I'm in, I'm in. And then like if I get into a situation where I can't win or I know like I have too many allies and people against me and not enough allies, then I'm done. I check out. I'm like, I'm done. So, Ray, you started with you said with video games. And so like you remember your first strategic game that you like got hooked into risk was that for me. And I was probably like 12. Like what age? are we talking about and like what game if you can remember i mean probably guess who even though that may not be the most <laughs> known for strategy right when i was really young i just loved that game i was not very good at it but the sort of like narrowing down of answers and trying to figure out the best way to find out who your opponent had asking the right questions right that's where i was like okay uh, I, I think i like this kind of uh, deductive reasoning kind of thing so yeah, I still remember playing Guess Who. I don't know how you guys feel, but I still remember playing that. You see, you saying that brought up something in me. I remember just getting excited as it kept narrowing down. Right? It felt like a, it felt like I got like a little bit of like a. It would just be like, oh, am I close? Did I get it? Like, and if I did, am I right? Am I wrong? It's just that feeling of just getting closer and closer. That was, I think, maybe the first of a dopamine hit. I guess. Yeah. I don't know how that how you felt on that. That that was the that was what made me feel excited on, on that. Game. Uh, definitely. And my thing is, by the by the same token, it would be games like Battleship, where I'd be like, eh, this is too like, it almost feels too mathematical. You know, it almost feels too like the grid. Something about it just didn't connect. I didn't connect with. Uh, I like the the visual of Guess Who. Well, it sounds like there you also enjoy a, a, like a fantasy element, a, a sense of escapism, right? In the game, yeah. like. You don't want a game that mirrors your own life. We're already living that. How much do you think that you look to games for that sense of like escapism and, and release from your normal life? I mean, it depends on the kind of game we're playing, right? Because there'll be some games where, 
you know, we're, we're playing like Bang. I don't know if you've ever played this uh, card game Bang. Or we could play something as like escapist as like Spartacus, you know, Blood and Sand, I think, right? The mm-hmm. that, that one I would not suggest you play with your kids for quite no. some time. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't do the show with the kids either after a couple. I was like, there's too many yeah. people having, you know, SEMs yeah. everywhere. <laughs> well, no, what happens? They got to tell me what happens in Spartacus. What's so gory about so it? So the game itself is mirrored pretty closely from the show. And I only saw maybe part of the first season of the show. And there are certain cards that have like really uh, uh, the card names have like lines from the show, which are really uh, explicit. You know what I mean? And it's literally you in the sort of gladiator ring. And this one is a dice rolling game. So it's not really my forte. I like more of the like to know like where what the moves are. But you're literally just bludgeoning people to death in the arena in order for your I guess your your sponsor or your benefactor to gain more status so it's like it's a it's almost too true to life in certain ways, you know. I don't know, Ray. It sounds a lot like Guess Who. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I was such a big Spartacus fan. I ordered a prop shield and had it in my house for a while. So okay, <laughs> I'm totally right. I haven't played the game, so I'm going to check that out. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. So with being an artist and being an actor, you obviously, when you take on a role, that's that's yourself getting into it and whatever your process is, you know, becoming another person. Do you have that like sensibility, even on a much smaller scale when you take on a role in a game? You know, it's weird. It's like I just started playing D&D over the last year with some friends. Talk right? about a long role, a long game, right? A long game, <laughs> long game. And I, for me, when I'm imagining myself as the characters in these circumstances, it's a little bit more difficult for me to get into it. I feel like I'm having to use more of my imagination than my sort of like analytical brain to figure out how we're going to get through the process. And so I feel like I sort of compartmentalize those two things, if it makes any that makes any sense to you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because highly intelligent people and actors, which I consider you one of both. Obviously, you're an actor, but also highly intelligent. They are able to delineate those two, you know, the creative and the analytical. And so when you have a situation like Dungeons and Dragons, where it is completely creative and you're not given a script and you're not, it is a little difficult, I feel, to like you know, let go in a way. So I totally understand what you're saying. Do you prefer role-playing games or do you prefer the more like tabletop, you know, situations? I would say tabletop. I would say tabletop. Mm -hmm. I feel like I get to know more about the people in the room who people actually are when you play uh, tabletop games with them. Mm -hmm. They actually say people's true personalities start to really come out when they're in that environment. And I'm a little bit of a, uh, I'm a bit of an instigator when I play tabletop games like i'm that guy right 
who's just like, hey, don't do that, man. He's going to do this to you next turn. <laughs> and so even if, even if that person wasn't thinking about doing it, now they are. And like you start creating, you know, just like uh, just a dialogue around the table to sort of keep people away from what you may be thinking about doing, right? And the Game of Thrones board game is a good example of what that is, right? Uh, the sort of collaboration and in some ways collusion with other folks. Yeah. Well, if your theory holds true and a secret different part of yourself is revealed during, you know, tabletop gaming, then is it important for you to game with your significant other before you make a real commitment? <laughs> I mean, that Get might to be know a that side. <laughs> that might that might be a thing. I think it also depends on which game you're playing because you got to get something. I think that's ultimately going to stimulate you know the, the, that person's uh-huh. brain because you know the, the, the true self may not come out if it's a game they don't really actually care about. You know, right? I think that competitive nature of something that you of being part of something that you like, right? Uh, really is the thing that makes the difference. Yeah. No, it's a it's a good litmus test. <laughs> Yeah, my wife hates games, and we have a very happy marriage, so it can work (laughs) one way or the other. Do you like having the same group of people each time? Like, when you want to play a game, do you just send it out to that? I do this. There's there's five people that I send out are my, like, go-tos, and then I have my, like, bench players, and then I have, like, well, if you know anybody, and I have to trust you. Or do you just love playing with new people? Who's... Who's the gaggle? Well, I've got a pretty steady group of friends. Uh, my buddy Andrew is my joy. Uh, my buddy Jerron, Mikhail, and Scott. Scott is like our board game guru. He actually got uh, me into like heavy, heavy board games. He essentially uh, uh, had maybe like 40 or 50 different games like in his apartment and got our board game group started in New York. And, you know, folks have moved away and, you know, aren't able to come into contact with one another like we used to. So we'll still find ways of playing things digitally, which we do, you know, even now. So for me, it's it's not about playing with the same people. It's about playing with people who I know will be able to play consistently and people who are going to follow through on actually showing up to play. Like that's usually Thank the... Thank you. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's usually the thing for me. bring good appetizers and drinks. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, right during COVID, you know, I've been playing a ton of Catan, like doing online stuff with friends, and it's been great. So, do you use an app? With you have you been doing that with? Oh yeah, with COVID. With Catan, uh, there's a group of people that I play with, and we use that app, Catan Universe. I don't know which one you use. I'm on. I do Steam and then Tabletop Simulator. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we play a couple games on Simulator, uh, Camp Grizzly, and like all these other things. But I've got a, a board game group that I play Catan with. I got a, some folks that every now and then will play Monopoly, just because it's it's automated and we don't have to worry about anybody stealing the money from the bank. It's just the game does it all, right? We play Scythe. I don't know if you've ever played Scythe, mm-hmm. but it's sort of like a more in-depth version of Catan in a, in a way. So do, do you play like once a week, once a month? How often have you been playing lately? Usually our buddy Scott is the one that organizes, right? And so I would say maybe once every week and a half if we can make something happen. Hey, I mean, solid. Catan is easy enough and we can, you know, we can play you know, every other day, really, if we wanted to. It just depends on where folks are at because we're in different time zones in some cases. And a game, a digital game of Catan probably takes maybe 35, 40 minutes. So it's such a good game. Where, hold on. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I've, the shortest game of Catan I've ever played is 90 minutes. How do you play Catan in it, 40 it, minutes? Catan University, it does everything for you. So you don't have to worry about people sort of moving their own pieces. The trading system oh. is like it's expedited in such a crazy way. You can even put a timer on it so that way people can't take more than 60 seconds or however long per turn. 
and the I folks have that, mixed feelings about the timer, but I do you? Hear okay. your philosophy in a minute. <laughs> well, well, the problem the problem is with the timer is that uh, because we're playing digitally, we're not on the phone together, right? There's a little interface where you can chat by text, and uh, sometimes things go get funky with the game. So you want to give people some grace with the amount of time they could take, and I myself do take pretty inordinately long turns uh, when it comes to the games because I'm always the guy like, hey, who, who wants to trade this? How about one wood for two weeks? How about, okay, okay, how about one wood and one sheep for two weeks? Nobody? Nobody? No takers? No takers? All right, how about one ore for two weeks and one sheep? Okay, nobody? I'm that guy. So that's Yeah, that's uh, me too. In, in person, I can imagine the game taking at, at least 90, right? Because of all the setup and negotiating in real, in real time. But because everything is expedited, it's like, boom, we're in, we're out. Go. Okay. You've turned me on to that. Qu- just quickly, though, for all three of us, and since we're all kind of on a Catan, we all kind of are on that Hexagon. thread and have played this. We're here. Uh, what is your resource of choice? If you had to choose uh, only one. Only one? Sheep have been working for me a lot in recent games. And for me, it's all about the port location. So I, I like to fluctuate with that. I like that, too. Uh, you said Claire? You said wheat was yours. And I agree, wheat is the most distributed card. But control the wheat, control the game. I don't agree with that. I, I'm a sheep mm. person as well. <laughs> but I agree All with right. the ports. I'm like, you know, and there's certain, you have to be systematic in when you make your next move in Catan to to go up. And same with risk. Like it's, there's certain times of the game where you have to change your strategy. Like the first like half of Catan, I'm like collecting. And then the second half, I'm, you know, taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So, Ray, you obviously love strategic games and that is a wonderful thing why do you think you do do you think there's like if you had to ask yourself like why do you think it's it's is as is it when maybe you're stressed out in life at times that you'll like find yourself asking friends like hey should we play a game tonight you want to scratch like a a strategic itch if you had to ask yourself why i i think i like problem solving in general and I think strategic board games feel like a problem waiting to be solved, if that makes any sense, right? I, I do like the structure that the rules bring 
and then being able to use whatever it is that I can bring to it to, to work within those parameters to achieve that victory, right? And finding ways to think outside of what those rules are. Oftentimes it results in us having to go to boardgeek.com, boardgamegeek.com mm-hmm. to like get the errata for certain rules and, you know, make sure that we're not uh, doing anything completely outside of. I mean, we actually even tested, play tested a board game, my group of friends and I, a game called Seafall. And we ended up uh, getting some notes back from the folks making the game. They were like, okay, we get how you've been playing it. And it's very effective, but please don't play it that way because we're not going to be able to get uh, you know, all the data that we need from it that way. Right. We found like the quickest way. <laughs> You're playing it the we, wrong well, way. Well, we found the quickest way to victory. It was just, I don't think it was something that they were looking. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that was something that they were looking to be the point of the game. So, but that's why you play test, right? You see, well, what are people going to do? And for me, I was like, Oh, I'll just get the biggest ship and just start attacking my opponents and preventing them from getting to a certain place. And once you had the big ship, it just was impossible. So all that to say, figuring out different ways to like, uh, stretch out within the rules. Yes. It's really fun. And you brought up two really interesting things. You brought up the timer and then you just brought up having to look up on the board game rules or whatever.com or whatever. So it reminded me between the timer and I play a lot of Scrabble as well, which isn't, I mean, it's a different type of game completely, but I love Scrabble. And it is very important for myself and for whom I'm playing with to have the official updated most recent Scrabble dictionary, or we need to decide that we're going to go Merriam-Webster online 2021 or whatever. So these other components that come in, like the timer, which can greatly change a game, like the dictionary for Scrabble, like what are some examples in your own life of things that maybe have been points of contention when you've been playing? For me personally, I want us all to be on the same page about the rules when we go into the game. Right. If there are house rules, I'm fine with playing with them, but we all should just be made aware from the jump. Right. That's really my only thing is just let me know the rules and I'll work from there. I'll do whatever I can do from that point. Another point of contention is there are some games, and this is all personality based. There are some games uh, that my friends and I, we play often and, you know, they do require, you know, betrayal or like some collusion. But oftentimes, you know, my friends are so nice. They're just like, <laughs> uh, they, they don't want to go down those, that pathway as often. So I'm in there trying to like stir the pot, you know, when we play games like Thief or we play, you know, Game of Thrones or even a game. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, ever played Diplomacy, mm-hmm. uh, the board game Diplomacy. Uh, that's one that will tear some families apart. That can rip you up. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the game should be called divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Not diplomacy. Exactly. Because there is no diplomacy in it. Is that part of why, is that sometimes why you love playing these games? I know we talked earlier about like, is anyone, you know, you had to hug it out, but like, I know when I play a game, I get really excited about having like this safe world. Like we're on these little zoom boxes right now. See me in my little, like I know what I can do inside and outside, but like in this context of us all hanging out here, these are the rules and I can yell and be angry, but we all know that it's in good fun. Absolutely. But do you ever get a little too <laughs> farther out the box? I mean, we get, we get pretty far out the box sometimes. My, one of my best friends in the world, like my brother, I love him to death. My buddy, Jerron, he and I like, we got to the point now where we usually can't be sat next to one another at the board game table. <laughs> it's like the kid. T- no, they has to be on the other end. <laughs> exactly. And so like what happens so if you spite him in the game, if you do anything, depending on what day you might catch him on, he may literally just like sink his whole game just to take you down for messing with him, you know? And for me, you know, oftentimes when people uh, start taking that approach, that's when I start like poking a little more. Right. And I, you know, just egg, egg it on just a little bit more. And 
I think ultimately that that sort of frustrates, right? Which hopefully makes people make sloppier moves than what they would have made, right? And so it's just fun. It's just silly stuff. You're the Reggie Miller of uh, Game of Thrones, <laughs> the game. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier chess, which is intriguing to me because chess, and I feel like I could also put chess in the same category as poker for this analogy, is a game that takes not that long to learn, right? You can learn chess pretty quickly. You can learn poker pretty quickly, but literally a lifetime to master, you know, unless you're Bobby Fischer, in which case you're, it's not a lifetime. But for me, as I've gotten older and I've expanded my gaming repertoire uh, when i go back to chess it's much more enjoyable so i'm curious if you've thought about revisiting it more in your adult life you know i think we're all kind of forced to play it when we're younger and then kind of get this aversion to it but i don't know what do you think ray i mean i wouldn't be opposed to going back and trying my hand at it i have some friends who are really good at chess and those are the people i'd want to learn from but those are simultaneously the people i'd be losing to along the way to play and so uh, I wouldn't be opposed. It, I usually keep some sort of like board game on my phone, just downloaded. And uh, yeah, something about the way in which it's set up. I think my brain just doesn't want to click with certain moves. And that's, you know, it's just me. I, I definitely get that. What games do you have on your phone? Because I have a few too. <laughs> uh, what do I have? I've got Root. I've got Scythe. We've got uh, Catan. We've got... So let me go to my game section. Clue. There's also Terraforming Mars. Uh, we've got that here. Uh, that's actually, Terraforming Mars is actually, I think, m- more like Space Age Catan than Scythe is like a, a more advanced version. Mm-hmm. So if you like Catan, then Terraforming, you will probably love. Mm-hmm. I'm taking note. And uh, Monopoly as well is still in there. Yeah. Classic. A lot of these games seem to be attached to a franchise. Like, does the feeling of the franchise, like if you happen to like Game of Thrones, do you think you like the game more? Like, chess is a very sort of naked game. It's just these black and white pieces and this clean board. You Kind of like Claire said, which I thought was a great point. You do tend to like, you know, these fantasy style games with monsters and aliens and things. Like, is that a huge part of it and or the franchise? Well, I think having some association, kind of like the Game of Thrones board game or, you know, or other things that may be based off movies or, or pop culture, right? They have some Star Wars games that we played. That helps you, that gives you like a, a pretty decent in, right, to the world. But, you know, there are other games that I had no association with prior to like Eldritch Horror, right? I, I didn't know too much about the HP Lovecraft, really anything, right? So I'm sort of learning about that world and seeing this stuff in real time. Yeah, I think... For me, I do like the sort of immersive side of it, but I I much prefer the strategic side because with a game like Diplomacy, you know, you're really looking at almost like a blank board. There's there's no there's no like real character development. It's just you, your army, and the map essentially. Uh, Risk I think gives you a little bit more association with the different countries and territories, and you're able to sort of imagine things uh, in a more in depth way. Risk to me has become more and more like Catan the more I've played because it's just a, it's about just, you know what I mean? The territories and the, I don't see it as a world map anymore. I see it as like, Oh, the one where you only get two, two extra, (laughs) three extra people for two points for owning Australia. And you know, it's, it's taken on more of a, you know, a fiction type 
stance yeah. than than nonfiction. And you see the resources too, right? You see the resources yeah. now. You see the like resources that's... and you're like, oh, well, there's too many borders here. You know, that's why I never try to take Europe because it's just... Always Australia. You know, Always Australia. Uh, my son now takes Australia, so I can't do that. Now I'm in South America. <laughs> gotcha. And I've never played like the actual... I haven't played Risk Risk probably more than once, but we have played my board game group, which actually was the one that really got me like kind of hooked in. Have you ever played mm-hmm. Risk Legacy? Yes. Have you ever played any of the legacy games? Yes. That, Once. that one got me. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. It's great. Yeah. It's great. If you had to recommend one game to somebody, just I know that's such a, <laughs> if you just like, there was one game, Desert Island game, you said, this is the game you got to learn to play. You know, someone's listening to this and says, I'm not that into board games, but you know, I'm listening to Ray Fisher. He's really into oh, it. No. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll try a board game. I'll try which. Uh, the gateway board game the gateway board game well let me ask you how many people do you have on this island with you how many uh how many people can it play five let's go with five five people you know let's see you're on this island you don't want people to completely hate each other and not work together in surviving on this (laughs) island so you're really it's immersive for you (laughs) i would say i Gateway board game Cosmic is probably the one that I would suggest uh, as a gateway. And it's been, I mean, people have been playing this since I think like the 70s. This game has been out and it's just taken on. I looked it up, 1977. So, and now they're at a place now they just keep creating these different aliens and different, you know, ways to play the game. And I love that because like you said, you can't play the same game twice, basically. It's almost impossible, right? Yeah, essentially. On a scale of one to 100, one being eh, 100 being Absolutely, that's me. Where do you rate yourself on being fanatical for strategic board games? Uh, I'd probably be like a nine, uh, well, like an 89, perhaps. Okay. Probably like an 89. If I could make a living playing board games, I would certainly consider doing it. But I'd say like an 89. I know when it's time for me to like step away and ebb and flow with the board game. I feel like you're just by the statement of you could transfer your, you know, make a living. I'm going to definitely put you in the nineties, Ray. I'm sorry, but I'm okay, just going to adjust fine. you. Up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to write a love letter or say a love letter, this is how we like to end. If a love letter to strategic board games, and specifically if you want uh, to, you know, cosmic encounters, if you had to say, Say a love letter. It's like, why Cosmic Encounters? You have been, you know, this to me and you have done this for me. So like, dear Cosmic Encounters, if you were to regale us for a moment. Uh, let's see. Well, dear, it's dear board games. You have brought us together. You've torn us apart. <laughs> you've... you've kept us entertained during storms and pandemics you've been there awaiting us on the shelf whenever we need i i love you i just simply love you oh Oh my god i love i love it too that's the best love letter i've heard in a long time (laughs) (laughs) just authentic Uh, so authentic Ray, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I personally am super excited now to go home and order Cosmic Encounters because I have not played it. I'm very excited to introduce the kids. So I'll report back to you on how that goes. Please do. And we need to get some sort of game going on at some point. Yes. 
if you all ever want to play, let me know. We'll figure it out. We we Done. are in. You know, Claire's excited to get uh, cosmic encounters. I'm just excited to go dig up Guess Who again. <laughs> I didn't play Guess Who. What? I, I don't. I gotta. You gotta tell me about it afterwards. I don't know. Oh, Claire, we'll talk okay. in the outro. We'll we'll yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but Ray, Thanks, you're Ray. wonderful. Thank you so much. We love you. Appreciate it. Thank you, and I'll see you next time. Everyone's got to think. All right, Claire. So just imagine <laughs> you have a. You know, like a rectangle, uh, a flat. I'm imagining a rectangle, David. A board. Okay, you got that. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> big images I'm throwing out your way. And it's like got a bit of a battleship feel in that there's, well, okay, now I'm confusing you. It's just a big rectangle flat on the ground. And imagine you have these little like playing cards that face you and face me. We're facing each other like okay. battleship. And you flip them all up. You flip up like maybe 30 little cards to me. And if I'm looking at you, little 30 little cards are yeah, flipped to you. Yeah, this is ringing a bell, the setup. Yeah. And you are looking out at you are these little cards and they're all different faces. So it's a guy like me with a mustache and it's like a woman with a hat. It's an old person. And it's a young person, person with glasses, person with a trench coat. And it's essentially I ask you a question and I say, does is your person have a hat? And you say no. And I like put all my hat people down. Okay. So okay. I, and we just keep by process of elimination. It's the idea of at the end of the whole thing, are you like, is your person Fred with the red hair or whatever? And it's like, you got it. And so it's the okay. first person to guess who is the person that is, you know, on that your sounds fun. board game. That sounds it's like fun. another game I should put in my Amazon cart in my toxic relationship with Amazon Prime right now and just mm, go ahead and order that, that too. <laughs> Let's talk about that, Claire. Um, but I am going to order Cosmic Encounters as well. I mean, the thing it that I, I, I love, I do love board games, and I, I kind of like just can't wait to play a board game with Ray now and you too. And the Catan debate is open about resources. I'm putting it out there that I'm open to be swayed away from sheep. Listen, if you guys want to let us know in uh, the Twitters at oh, we you're opening are up, yes, at we are fanatics. You're opening a big can of worms with the resource question, but I'm I'm so, into it. So go just ahead. throw it out there. What's your Catan resource of choice? We would love to hear that. Are you correct in that it's wheat like me, or are you a sheep person like Claire, or are you an ore person or brick clay or uh, brick what's is the good. other one wood brick. wood right clay wood. is the brick. Right. Oh, my gosh. But you could, if you don't know what Catan is, please look it up. It's like Risk, but way better. And it is fun that his game of choice is a 1977 game. I love that that's sort of the era of games where like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, like we've really had such special, like, yeah, it's a lost art. And it's fun that COVID, one of the most beautiful things about COVID was like Queen's Gambit with chess, like you brought that up. And mm-hmm. all these board games and the time to connect with their family that you're sitting in your house with. Like you, probably more than anyone, like you guys have probably played a whole bunch of games. Huh, oh my Claire? gosh, we've played so many games over the last year. I it just, it, and I absolutely love it. I I, I actually think I don't want to say this because this is probably taboo to say, but I feel like there's something wrong with people who don't like games and competition. I'm so into competition also. Like, I almost would learn anything. And this is how bad it is with, with me raising my kids. We literally go from playing like croquet in the front yard to ping pong. We have a ping pong table in the back to then it gets dark. So we can't play ping pong anymore. So then we come inside and then we set up a board game on the table. Like that's our weekend. That's what we do after all, like the sports stuff and everything is done, said and done with that. 
It's all well, my favorite up. part of games, I think, is sort of what he was saying about rules. And I, it's sort of like following rules and like knowing that life is kind of crazy. Th- things happen. Shit goes down. You know, social media, Twitter, Internet. Like there's just so much that's, you know, wild all the time. But then you have this thing that you kind of know the boundaries of and you can play within these boundaries and it's like have as much fun in these boundaries and yell at your friends and and and, and know that when the game is done everything's going to be okay and i but think there's something really yes sweet about that predictable in a way and that's mm-hmm. why i always liked uh, like algebra and calculus in particular with mathematics is oh. you, the, you, there was a formula and you had to understand the formula. But once you understood the confines of the formula, there were creative ways to work to the solution. To me, that same application can be applied to strategic board games and cards, which is why I'm such a cards fanatic as well. <laughs> it's fun. And guys, I got to be honest, the best formula to get more fanatics podcasts, speaking of, is just follow us at we are. Fanatics, okay, and all that stuff. How do you like that for a transition? That was good, David. That was smooth. That was, slick. That was what like a segue. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Ray is an absolute joy. We loved having him on, and I hope to have. I want to have him back at some point to talk more gaming and strategic gaming. After we- I just want to talk more about South Jersey with him. I, I I get it. I get it. You guys are like two birds of a feather flock mm. together. Seagull flock. We, we we just we're we're kindred spirits. We have the same superhero like qualities. We're both uh, just incredibly uh, half machine, just, half human. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you know why I am how I am. I got it. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. As David said, like, follow, subscribe, uh, and we will see you next Thursday. Bye. Okay, before we leave, guys, I just want to mention next week's episode of Fanatics, Danielle Fischel-Karp, who is going to come on and talk about her love of vintage t-shirts. This is Topanga from Boy Meets World, who I'm still madly in love with, and I told her so (laughs) to her face. I mean, who doesn't love Topanga? And you know what? Now that I live in California, the name Topanga makes so much more sense. Can I get a t-shirt with her face on it? Is that cool, you think? You absolutely should. (laughs) So tune in next week, guys. It's a great episode, and you are going to learn what the term pit to pit means. Don't give it away, Claire. I'm not. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Colin Baker. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Wait, that's a lot. I'm not bored when I play board games with Ray. Because he makes me smile. I'm not bored when I play board games with Ray. Because he takes a while. I said, I'm not bored when I play board games with Ray. Like Cosmic Encounters, Game of Thrones, metagames, video games, any games, Catan, Clue. Guess who? Twilight Emporium. (laughs) No, that's too long. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. 
these women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.